on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. The military was going to be my career, but that was cut short by three bullets and a broken neck. So, so then I was like, well, what am I going to do now? And the closest thing I could find in the civilian world to combat was <laughs> entrepreneurship. If you're persistent enough, you'll find any answer you want through a Google search. That's right. Uh, what what costs money is implementation. So it's just that's like, right. Just give away the blueprint, hide no secrets. It's like, this is exactly what we did. These are the challenges we face. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. This morning, I've got Lane Bolin here on the King stage. My brother Lane, I'm so excited for this conversation. Hey, man. It's going to be lit. Yeah, I had to throw that in there, man. We've been, we've been going back and forth on social media. We've been going back and forth on Messenger from one king to another. This is going to be great, great content. So tell us what kind of businesses that you have, brother. Oh my gosh. Okay. So core business chief operating officer and, and partner in CQC home. We're a luxury design build remodeler out of North Carolina. Since then, my partner, Ken and I have figured out a way to work ourselves out of a job. I live in Puerto Rico now. And, uh, and so now we're primarily focused on, on buying remodelers, typically in the five, $8 million space to tr flip them into $20 million shops like we are. And at the same time, we've, we've started a kind of a I don't want to call it management consulting because a lot of it, most of it's just free, but that, that program itself is designed to create deal flow for our private equity activities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. A little bit of, a little bit of intentionality behind a giving attitude. Yep. A little bit. I, yeah. Well, you know, I think that that's really what the game is about, whether you're remodeling and you're doing certain things inside of the experience to, to give to the client something that eventually then turns out good for you. Yep. Or even in the consulting space. Okay. So you're giving away tons of free value. I follow you on social media. You read your stuff. I snapshot your stuff to my team all the time. <laughs> hey, do this. <laughs> yeah, no, what it really comes down to is, is information's free. I mean, if you're persistent enough, you'll find any answer you want through a Google search. That's right. Uh, what, what costs money is implementation. So it's just that's like, right. Just give away the blueprint, hide no secrets. It's like, this is exactly what we did. These are the challenges we face. Even as right. a $20 million shop, I feel like we still have problems that we never solved from $15 yep. million dollars ago. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's super honest. I actually feel that same way about Gathering the Kings as a mastermind. Obviously, the podcast is kind of an extension of that, but sure. you get you get a $5 million company together mixed with a $30 million company mixed with a $300 million company. Yeah. And you're talking about generally the same stuff, although it, that might sound redundant and like you said, kind of things that maybe we should have already solved already, but they're just the next level of problems. It's just the next level. Yeah. 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 yeah my partner, Ken's always telling me to calm down because I'm, I'm famous inside the company for saying, 
you know, when you make a mistake the first time, that's honest. If you make it again, you did that on purpose. Uh, yeah. Like, why are we intentionally creating the same damn mistakes? That's right. That's right. Well, the 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 thickness of what you just said is, if you take ownership of it, then it's like, well, well I didn't mean to do it a second time, right? Or did care. or did you? <laughs> right. You know, you didn't mean to not do it. And that's another thing. Who cares about effort? It's about outcomes, results, right? Yeah. Do whatever, like our, our, one of our values inside the company, I'm like, if this is too vulgar, edit it out, but it's do whatever it takes. So it's yeah. like, I don't care how hard you're trying. If we're not achieving the bar, you're not doing enough. Yeah. Yeah. My nine-year-old says this. She'll say, well, dad, I didn't mean to. And I said, I understand that you didn't mean to. I, I see your intentions. Right. But you, but you did though. Right. And this was the result of what you did. And now this is the consequence. I know you don't want the consequence because it doesn't match up with your intention. Right. However, this is what happened. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's accountability, man. <laughs> it is what it is. The difference between a misdemeanor and a felony is intention. There's still a criminal act there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, when you when you when you when you lay it on thick like that, man, you 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 only have a players. Obviously, that's what I'm trying to turn my nine-year-old into as well as an A player. Like, yeah, like I'm not interested in in a wishy-washy daughter, let alone a wishy-washy team member or even our partner or mastermind member. Like, I want somebody to push back on me, not just me pushing back on them all the time, right? That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, I, I got to know inside of this like personality of Lane Bolin, right? This this exciting person who's all over the map with all kinds of incredible stuff going on in his in his business. What's the burning desire? Like deep down, what's the bigger picture? What's the why? So the, the why at this point is just, it's excellence for the sake of excellence. Socrates talks about Arete being, being the, the expression of, 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 of your own personal excellence and, right. and, and being, you know, the, the, I mean, yeah, a lot of the Stoic philosophers talk about the pursuit of Arete as the key to happiness. You know, others talk about it as like your meaning to exist as a human being. Like you wanted to get deep. That's what it just comes down to is, is you know, you're, you're given, you're given a set of circumstances. You're given a set of, of, of traits and skills. It's like, if you're not maximizing it, why are you here? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I love that answer. I want to, I want to press into that because yeah. you articulated it slightly different than I have, but I feel like our answers are like yeah. basically the set. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, I'm a maximizer. And if I'm not reaching for the full potential and when you realize what you just said when so i'm hoping the listener kind of maybe pauses this go back and, and listen to what you just said again because when you really grab onto that you're actually never done no no right? it's, it's an infinite game the, the the purpose of the game is to play the game at a higher level bigger stakes that's right period all the time okay so tell us tell us a little bit maybe practical practically the journey but really what i want to know inside of the answer that you just gave is when did that mindset come upon you like when did you grab a hold of that really that that happened i'd say yeah, this is gonna sound really deep but that that struck me as i was decompressing from my very first firefight in iraq like okay what am i doing here why do i yeah. enjoy doing this like this is not normal <laughs> this is crazy <laughs> yeah man and you spent quite a bit of time there so thank you for your service that's that's a big deal but like inside that moment i can <clears throat> it makes a lot of sense you're there like questioning I'm putting my life at stake here. This is right. nuts, but I kind of like, I'm here. This is, I'm in it. Like this right. is intense and I'm digging it. But 
how did that come out as the like answer for you in that moment? I can't even describe the 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 high you get when you're you're operating at your pure highest potential. And at the same time, everybody around you who both relies on you yeah. or is part of your team is also running at at a hundred points. Like it's I don't care what the activity is, business, life, like war. Yeah. It, 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 you know, sports, like anybody who's played like true competitive sports, I mean, like not high school, but I mean, like at a high level yeah. understands exactly what I'm talking about right now. It, yeah. it, and it's just like, and, and so my, my first intention was that the military was going to be my career, but that was cut short by three bullets and a broken neck. So, so then I was like, well, what am I going to do now? And the closest thing I could find in the civilian world to combat was entrepreneurship business yeah that's right that's so true it's so true so you make the transition to to entrepreneurship tell us tell us why remodeling or or maybe a little bit of the story there at the beginning so as as i'm recovering from the neck injury i I was like well i gotta acquire some life skills because right now yeah the only thing i'm qualified to do is is lead 30 to 160 men into combat and apparently the civil world doesn't really have. But we don't have a lane for that. No. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not really scared of anything at this point. And, and I was like, so let's just go into sales because most people aren't good at Like I, I literally went to Google and like, what's the most money I can make in the civilian world with no skills? It came back sales. Sales. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do that. Let me do that. And, and so then I was like, you know, I, I like money. And, and, I, and, and while I was in Iraq, like Tim Ferriss published a uh, four-hour work week, right? So sure. you know, through every single one of my, my four tours of duty, I, I would always thumb through that book because my, my, my goal was, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this army career thing until I can't. And then I'm going to build up this little passive IM business, which is a fairy tale. And then, and then I'm just going to retire to the Caribbean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Right. So, so I was like, I, I got the marketing skills, sales. Like, I, I'm not afraid to ask for the business. I, I pretty analytical. I, I went to, I went to work for Edward Jones, which is really weird because you know, the whole reason why you go to a school like West Point is to get that pedigree, so you don't go right. working for a company like Edward Jones. <laughs> but the thing is, the more I got into there, I, I realized the genius of their organization. Like, I went in there just to get them to train me on, on like retail financial sales. Sure. But then I realized like the genius of how they, they, they structure their organization, how, you know, yes, it's you know, it, like, they've never gone public. It's, it, it operates like an investment, like a privately held investment bank, like Goldman Sachs used to, or like a law firm. And so like all the employees that work there own the damn thing. Right. And like, they have like no tolerance for C players at all. I was like, I am digging this. Yeah. Uh, until but the thing is much like the army they really don't like innovators so even though i was breaking record after record once they realized how i was doing it they, they were, were too like, colorful you're, you're like you gotta stop doing that i'm like yeah. okay well i quit <laughs> turns out my my largest client came to me saying he wanted to start a family office which is like a private investment company for a wealthy family uh, I told him, yeah. I was like, sir, you know, I, I understand you want a family office. I would love to date Kate Upton, but it's just not going to happen. And I was like, you don't, you don't have enough money. And he's like, Lane, you only see the money I've shown you. Anyway, so we, we start a family office, you know, fast forward a couple of years, he comes to me and he says, Lane, I think a recession's coming. I want you to figure out how we can get stock market like returns without correlation to the stock market. I'm like, 
Great, Jim. Another impossible mission. I'm on it. <laughs> on it. But yeah, so what I what I came up with was okay, you know, we created a portfolio, split it down the middle, half of it in like uh, you know, multifamily real estate in 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 like third tier cities like Tulsa, Little Rock, sure, but whatever, and reinvest on that portfolio, like every dollar that comes in. And then the rest we put in early stage tech uh, in the Midwest where the you know the coasts are not really paying attention to. Even if that portfolio works out great, where we hit a home run, we're doing fifty percent internal rate of return. If right. that side of the portfolio shits the bed and goes to zero, I know on the real estate side we'll return eighty percent. Anyway, and so he told me go execute. I'm like, I don't know anything about real estate or or or, or venture capital, so that's like had to figure that one out. Yeah. But to answer how I got to remodeling was one day walked into the boardroom, a lot of heavy hitters because of an NDA, I can't talk about it. You know them, they're in Kansas City. But uh, yeah, yeah, basically I was like, yeah, the, the just looking around, I was like, the, the, the tech scene, the valuations are so stretched, the, the deals are getting like weirder and weirder in terms of like the value they actually do in order, their ability to make money. Right. Like this is dumb. And, and when you look at the last 40 years, all we've done is educate cubicle monkeys who can barely attend meetings. And the average age of a blue collar business owner that's doing 2 million or better is 62 years old. They're all heading to the exits at the same time. And that's anybody right. and the people who are qualified to run that company are not qualified to buy it and vice right. versa. And it's like, it doesn't take a PhD in economics to see the supply demand imbalance. Which That's right. Opportunity. That's right. And and so in my supreme arrogance, because at this point I have cheated death three times, you know, found my way into a family office within three years of starting as a schleppy financial advisor, and got into real estate development, started a venture capital for like legit multi million dollar operations. I was like, yeah. I can do anything. And so yep. <laughs> I started a remodeler, not even knowing how to read plans. I love it. And but that hubris, that hubris brought me to the brink of bankruptcy within Interesting. two years because wow. I, I absolutely refused to 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 follow the playbook I used to beat on my venture capital portfolio owners about in in, in terms of, of of like hiring for your blind spots, hiring sure. elite players, getting out of their way. Like right. I was such a control freak. And at the same time, I was hopelessly incompetent at the product that we were, right. that we were building. Like I, I drove it, like, you know, my, my, my multi-million dollar mini little empire that I, I cobbled together in the, right. yeah, by the age of 35, you know, five years out of the army was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember the day when I was, I was literally walking up the court steps at Johnson County Courthouse to go file bankruptcy. And I realized like, wait a minute, I don't have to do this. I know, like, I know a better way. And yeah. anyway, so wow. sold the company to the employees. I had shops in Kansas City, Dallas, Denver, uh, you know, down in Austin. It, it was dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like my way of solving our cash flow problems was to go create more cash flow problems rather than addressing our internal gross profit problems. Like, we didn't right. have a revenue problem, we had a gross profit problem. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, got, you know, divested those liabilities, moved to Puerto Rico, basically. And, and the reason why I moved to Puerto Rico was because under Act 60, you're, you're immune to federal taxation, right? 
So, so you know, rather you basically that's a way of getting rid of a forty percent deadweight partner, which means you can bounce back or crew well two right. times faster, right. two and a half times faster. Yeah. But anyway, so while I was you know licking my wounds there and and just just you know, honestly going back through to understand everything that went wrong and why, I just started journaling that out in a in a remodeler Facebook group, and then Ken, my own partner, saw that called me up and he said, Hey man, I'm losing 2% on 8 million. The same problems you're talking about. Why don't yep. you come in? He's like, I'll, I'll give you 25% of the lift in the net. Six months later, he went from losing two on 8 million to making 15 on 16 million. Yeah. Uh, wow. Seven point net swing. But again, like, and we can, we can rap about everything we did there, but that was then the ocean moment of, okay, we figured out the game, but let's scale this as fast as yeah. we can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which takes you back to actually your your bumbling before, but you got the experience of of the you know the the venture capital and and the real yeah. estate play. I th- yeah. I'm sure that those things have played into what you do now. Which I love that piece of it. Like, would you agree that most entrepreneurs are, and maybe even listening right now, they're bumbling through something that in the next five or ten or maybe twenty years they're going to look back and be like, man, because I went through that, I now have a playbook. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, on how to learn. use this. We all have learning seasons and we have earning seasons. It's just that's right. You have no you have no idea how long each is gonna last. <laughs> that's right. That well, that's right. It it, it keeps you honest and <laughs> keeps you keeps you keeps you looking looking at the account every day and and grateful, honestly. Okay, so let's let's break down some of those practicals. I appreciate you being willing to do that. Good and bad decisions, kind of how the show's crux here. So let's sure. let's find a good decision inside of that kind of like I'm sure plethora of things that you did inside of Ken's business that became yours. Give us some practicals there. I'm because I'm sure it's not just remodeling. I'm sure it's applicable yeah. to any business. Yeah. Do you, do you want strategic or tactical? Like something they can mm. implement right away. Let's 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 do let's go tactical. Okay. So I am I fired our entire sales force. Go okay. On. We don't we don't use sales guys, and the okay. reason why is because as a sales guy, you're you know, where, where your relationship ends when that contract is signed, and then it goes to client success or right. A project manager or whomever. Yep. Number one, the company has to re-earn that, rebuild that rapport and rebuild that trust. That's right. And that walked with the sales guy at right. Number Part of the reason why they bought was that guy. One hundred percent correct. And then number two is sales guys are paid a percentage of revenue. Right. Excuse my language. They don't give a. F- you know, if the contract is sold fat enough for the company to make a profit, they're not incentivized to do that. They're incentivized for volume to get the deal, not profit. Right. right. And, 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 and the thing is, it's like, one thing I'm just absolutely phobic about is, is ensuring that, that we can guarantee any piece of business we do that we will not get clipped on. Because like my, my superpower is marketing and sales. And if you're losing money on the back end, all you're doing with marketing and sales is accelerating your decline into bankruptcy, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we got rid of sales, sales guys. We call them project directors now. And they're the single point of contact from, from, from when the lead comes in to final payment collection. Wow. Single point. And that did a bunch of things for us. Number one, all of a sudden we're selling contracts at higher gross profit. Right. Why? Because when we did that, now the sales guy's in charge, he has to service the problems that he promised up front. Yep. Right. Which is another problem you have with sales guys that are commissioned off of revenue. 
Right. So, so yeah, so now they're very cheerful to promise only what can be delivered. That eliminates the 3 a.m. phone calls to the owner. In fact, by them being the single point of contact, they're the ones taking those calls at 3 a.m. And, and they're also the only one authorized to make decisions about money adjustments to our contracts because we pay them off of gross profit. Off and what that's done is it's taken a sales force and converted them into mini entrepreneurs. hundred percent. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Sales guys are already entrepreneurial. They want to have autonomy. They want to be able to do deals. They want to be able to think outside the box. They don't want to just take orders. So yeah. you give them a, another level of think, not just autonomy, but a level of think to do it like a business owner, a profitable business owner should, is right. what you're saying. Right, right. Yeah, we, yeah, so we, we pay our guys a draw, like 80K. Most small business owners in our space don't even take 80K home. Right. And, and so our average project director is clipping somewhere between 150 and 300K. It's like, where else are you going to make surgeon level money with a high school education? Yeah. Yeah. All you got to do is accept the responsibility. Yep. Be an owner, right? Or take ownership right. is what you're, is what you're saying. Yeah. I love that. What's just another layer to the practicality here. Yeah. What, what, what are you doing with your clients or even inside your own business to find those guys? You said not even high school educated, potentially, right. maybe he's got some skills, maybe he doesn't, but who, who is that person that you're looking for? Maybe where do you find them? Oh my gosh. So my best specific to, to, all right, you have to understand luxury remodel. You're selling six figure tickets um, right. to somebody that's only going to buy that one and a half times in their life. Right. So that's a very specialized skill set. They got to be comfortable talking about money. Yep. They got to be emotionally dispassionate, really stable, uh, and and very, very, very. I mean, like their attention to detail, their critical thinking has got to be through right. the roof. Yeah, you know, to use the Tony Robbins disc profile, right. like I'm a, I'm a high D, high I. What what I need these guys to be is a is a high I, high C. Yeah, and 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 so where I found those guys typically are like Ferrari car dealerships. Because think about it, like a six-figure ticket, dealing yep. with the same class of customer that they're only going to buy maybe once or twice in their life. That's right. Perfect. I can teach somebody construction. I'm living proof that you can learn construction. I'm a Wall Street guy. Like, yeah. What I can't teach you to do is, 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 is how to be comfortable talking about money because yeah. the way self-made wealthy people think about money is wildly different from the wage slaves. That's right. That's right. And if you send somebody in to have the conversation with that guy, and mm -hmm. he's all bound up about money, even in his own beliefs. Right. It makes the sales process almost disappear. Yeah, yeah they're not selling. That's why I tell them, like, guys, you're not selling. All you're doing is identifying problems and solving them before you drop price. And then right. after that, again, you're not selling. You're negotiating the objections away. Let's like, just figure out how we can get a deal done for you. There is no persuasion here. You're not going to, like, a, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. Like, yep, that's right. That's right. Well, and I think that that what you just described, I mean, of course, there's, you know, how to win friends and influence people. There's, it talks about having a relatable or a persuasive or a likable personality. Sure. That's not what you're talking about. You're talking about when you're in the seat and you're yeah. not like arm wrestling them down, then like, here, sign right here. Like that gone are those days. Would you agree? Gone, gone. You know, perfect information on the internet. You know, assume that the client knows your cost structure. So, so stop trying to hide it and just own it. Like yeah. we're going to make a 40% gross profit and that's the price for the speed and convenience of working with us. Yeah. You know, if you don't like that, go deal with, with Home Depot Hank. Like, yep. 
Yep. And it's going to take longer. You're probably going to have problems and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Period. There's, there's a distinction there between luxury. It's the same guy, like you said, who's going to buy Ferrari. He's, he's not at the Audi dealership. Audis are nice. Right. But he's not at the Audi dealership. No. And Al Tormozzi, he, he articulates his best that value is a, is, is an algebra equation. Value equals, you know, the dream, in other words, the, the client's outcome times right. or perceived likelihood divided by the time it takes for you to, to deliver that dream yep. multiplied by the hassle of working with you. Yeah. And, and amateurs focus on, on their promises like years in business and look at all my reviews. My like, great, that's top line. Like anything divided by zero is infinity, is infinity. That's so right. The, so the pros are, are focused on compressing time. That's right. You know, time to value and eliminating hassle. Uh, that's right. You know, like anything, anytime a client has to think and make a decision, that's, that's hassle. Right. That's right. <laughs> right. So, so what, I'm, what I'm getting at it or what I'm trying to drive at is, is like, yeah, just to illustrate a point, like you look at gym memberships versus, uh, plastic surgeons, they do the same thing. They eliminate a stomach. That's okay. right. Plastic surgeon gets 10 grand. Jim gets a hundred dollars a month. Why? That's right. Because the customer is asleep and they wake up without a stomach. Like That's right. That's right. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm a huge Mosey fan. I'm part of Mosey nation. If, you, if that's, yeah, that's what you want to call it. But yeah, the equation that you're given is huge. I want to, I want to just hit it home all the way for the listener. Yeah. The, the top line that you're talking about the, the, like, Hey, this is what we can do for you is only part of the equation. It's below the line that Alex really breaks down in a good way. Like you're talking about, it's the speed and the the less hassle, especially if you're talking about doing six-figure remodels or any sort of high-level ticket. And my challenge actually for the listener, depending upon what industry that they're in, would be this. Why are you not selling high ticket? Why would you want to deal with not high-end luxury people who are going to always have money, recession or not? Chaz, I have no interest in being average. The average person can't handle a $500 unexpected bill. Yeah. The, the average business never gets above $2 million. I got news for you. Like when, when an average net profit margin is 5 to 10%, like right. you, you would make more with zero risk having a job somewhere else. Seriously. Not interested in being average. Like, yeah. yeah. It's not, you know, it's like you go to your family, you go to yourself for the risk and for the effort. And, and, and like the distinction here is average people focus on what the client wants and your likelihood. And in the luxury market, that's not a competitive advantage. That's the barrier. That's like the ante to play this poker game. Exactly. Like, they're, they're expecting that. Right. So your premium is a function of how fast you are, not in absolute terms, but in relative terms to your competitors. That's right. And, and, and your hassle. And like, I, I literally like. If I could find a way to, I'm at the point now in Durham where I'm going to pay our receptionist to go and find our competitors' job sites, which that's per, we have that information from the permit data. And I yeah. want them to time their projects because if we're not faster, we can't justify our premium. That's right. That's right. And making it actual, right? Like I, you're not just saying that we're better. No, I can no like I know. I know with accuracy that we're better. Right. Yes. These are platitudes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which gives your, you know, you're not calling them salespeople, but your project directors, it gives them uber confidence to be able to say, here's, here's the difference. Here's, here's the fill in the blank, your company name difference. Yeah. Uh, and when that luxury person hears it, they're it, not only are they hearing the words, but they're also hearing his conviction 
um, right. when right. they say it. Because again, a high a high income individual is going to think about money and your process. Like he's analyzing you and your process and your communication language while you're giving it. Huge point. Like it's not enough just to say I'm the fastest because these yeah. these luxury people are going to be like, okay, well, how, their next question is how. Yeah, like, show me. Yeah. And so if you don't have a process along with data to back it up. That's right. You're, again, you're back in that average pile. That's right. That's right. Yeah. One one super easy thing in this because I told you I, I launched a remodeling company about four and a half months ago. Yeah. And uh, and of course I've got other companies and stuff too. But so it's like the the level of detail. When you go into a luxury person, really anybody, actually, let's just take away luxury. Let's just talk about the average person, all humans. When you go in, in this contracting space, and you have done a thorough proposal, let's just, like, like that you actually care. Because <laughs> you've actually broken it down like you know what you're doing. That response is, whoa, this is really, first off, you were fast at getting it to me. Number two, it's it's way more detailed than anything else I've gotten from anybody else. Half the other people haven't even responded. It has been a week. Right. I mean, it's it just really doesn't take that much to stand out. Would you agree? No, it, I mean, it, especially in like the local business arena, these are not sophisticated operators. Like, like for the audience, repeat after me, your competition are stupid. Like yeah. it, this is like, you are literally beating up on inferior people. Just it's not yeah. They're sleeping. They're sleeping. They're, they're not operating at, at, at full Sleep. potential, nor, nor do they want to. No, no. So what average so is, that's the definition of average. Exactly. Complacency. They're comfortable. All right. Let's flip, let's flip the coin here, Lane, because yeah. you've given us so much good stuff. I want to know maybe what Ken was doing or maybe some things that you guys have done together that have been a bad choice, something that you can keep us away from. Okay. Okay. Bad choice. I'll, I'll give you two. One from my personal career point of view, a second with, with at, at CQC while we've been winning because you still yeah. got your L's even when you're winning. That's right. So I, rather than, even though I had the capital, I raised outside money on an unproven business venture, Interesting. That, which was my first foray into remodel okay. that, that uh, went tits up. Well, I mean, like, yeah, sure. I, I, I exited, but it wasn't right. real. Right. 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 And, and so when, what, what I'm getting at, the reason why that what became such an issue is, is the, the, the interpersonal relationships. Number one, it killed my own personal confidence. Right. Two, it created distractions of having to deal with those legal issues rather than focusing on, on right. rebuilding Rome, right. which it was inevitable Rome was going to be rebuilt anyway. Yeah. Uh, but from the, the investor standpoint, like for them, the, the world has ended. Oh, yeah. But there's no what, what have we done with this guy? <laughs> right. And, and, and there's nothing you can say to them to convince them otherwise. That's right. Uh, and, and, you know, full disclosure, like we're, we're already in negotiations on a payback, even though that company went tits up. I'm like, no, the moral thing here is to pay that dude back. That's right. Uh, because he basically funded my education to learn how to do this shit. And, and so what I'm getting at is learn, like, if, if, if you don't have the skills and, and you need, like, if you're going to learn on somebody else's dime, do it as an employee. Do not raise money for something that, that, that you haven't, that you're not an absolute master at. It's just unethical. Yeah. I mean, granted, I, did I go in that with good intentions? Like we talked about with your nine-year-old? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But again, I was just so arrogant to be like, ah, I, I'm a master of the universe in finance. Why wouldn't I kill construction? Like, right, right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a gap there that you didn't see until now or, you until know, now, yeah. 
Now, tactically at CQC, you know, one of my one of my construction mentors, you know, billion dollar developer, brilliant dude. He, he would, he's always fond of saying, you know, cut once, cut deep. And so when I walked, like when I walked into CQC, Ken's gonna hate me for saying this, but again, this is my own personal appraisal. Like I felt like I was walking into Animal House. Like it felt like a frat house. Uh, uh, and and so I'd probably say a lot of remodeling companies are probably like that. Yeah. So I spent a week just observing and realized that there was a quarter million dollars worth of payroll sitting in the admin department that we could convert from quarter million dollars a year to about a twelve thousand dollar engagement with a CPA. Wow. And and so without without considering the 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 morale implications or mm. anything like that, I just set off my chaos grenade, started issuing paint slips. Right. What I should have done was brief the team on this is the transformation plan. These are the seats available. If you don't see your name up on here, we need to have a talk about you know what yeah. what your next move is. You're not. Yeah. It's like what I'm getting at is like. I was way too brutal. Uh, yeah. The, the the better way, again, should have been figure out what the transformation plan is, brief the company, explain right. that the compensation structures and personnel moves are not going to change for six months in order for people that don't have a seat to go find a seat and for everybody else to settle into their role before we right. do this really. Yeah. Uh, and that's if I had to do it all over again at CQC, that's what I would have done. It would have, it would have sped up our business plan probably by three or four months because there's about three or four months of just open rebellion and putting oh, out yeah. personality fires that totally. we, we should have spent on focusing, growing, growing the empire. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's really good impact you, that you can see now and, yeah. and be able to give to the listener. We're, I'm taking a few few folks through the five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick yeah. Lencioni and everything that you probably were dealing with inside of that mess <laughs> is inside of those five dysfunctions, which it doesn't mean that it couldn't have been done better or even sure. in the process of someone listening right now. And they're like, oh, man, I've got those problems right now in my team. Like right now, I'm not even I'm not even trying to take over and do something different. It's intentionality is what I heard you say. I heard you say you recognize that there's humans on the other side that they have lives and families and that you can create vision and then give communication to right. steer the ship in the right direction, whether they're going to be on the team or not. There's always going to be people who aren't, who are no longer a good fit. Yeah. They're on, they're the wrong person or they're in the wrong seat. And that's not our, that's not our decision. That's their decision yeah. to make for themselves. The ethical thing. we. Can but they do. can't make that decision if, if the, if the seat isn't clear and right. the expectations aren't clear. Right. That's right. That's right. And, and so the, the two things Three really, but the, the two primary drivers what took us from losing two percent on eight million to to earning fifteen percent on sixteen in six months. Number one, the the project director system. Number number two was everybody, even down to the receptionist. At least twenty five percent of their compensation is tied to how their their role directly affects gross or net profit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, there's a lot of, again, intentionality, integral detail, actually, <laughs> how those things tie together, because a lot of people may, might be listening right now going, well, how does the receptionist tie to the network? I'm glad you said that. Like her, her KPI on the variable is 100% calls answered within two rings. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because there's money on the other side. Right. Now, now that's, that's, 
that's really hard to track that the, the, the one that that's, that's her base KPI, her variable KPI. That the, so you got two KPIs. The base KPI is what the bare minimum to keep their job with the company. And then the variable is something that they directly control that directly impacts gross profit. So for a receptionist, it's, hey, you need to maintain a 33% lead to appointment set ratio. That's right. That's easy, easy enough. Easy. Yep. Every 10 <laughs> calls, I got to set 3.3 appointments. But now I just turned a receptionist from a, a leaf eater cost center into a meat eating profit center. Yep. Ding. Yeah, just the attention that you brought her, uh, you brought her attention, I'm saying, to mm -hmm. the actual important thing. It wasn't just answering the phone. That's step one. Yes, I need to answer the phone within two rings, but it can't stop there because if I answer the phone within two rings, but then I have a bad attitude or I have a scenario where I'm not paying attention, mm -hmm. anything that could distract me from the next KPI, which is booking the appointment, right? because right. those things don't just happen naturally. You, you and I both know this as sales guys, you can, you can have a layup come right to you and they will not be a layup if it's not put through the process properly or if you don't if you don't have the person working the process. So I love how you you gave that distinction. I hope the listeners paying close attention because that right there the the basic function of answering the phone with a smile but then also being able to convert I mean you can you can play that same deviation to any role and how it associates directly to the to the to the business. Like our project directors are primarily sales and money guys. Well, they're teamed up with a project manager who actually is in charge of building the thing. Right. And I got to align them. So they, they got to be compensated off the same KPI, which is gross profit. That right. way the sales guy cannot point at the PM for why. You know, they overspent. You, right. Right. And, and conversely, the GP's base KPI is something we call slippage which is the difference between what we estimated profit to be at right. versus what was actual profit. Right. And so his variable KPI, his base KPI is gross. His variable is slippage. And you know, your, your average construction company has 6% slip, right? We're, whereas right now we're averaging 1% grip, grippage, yeah. meaning our jobs are 1% outperforming the estimate. That's like offering right. this business in God mode. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. What I just heard you say, tell me if I'm wrong here, because you know, I'm not necessarily looking for a cheat code, but what I heard you say is if the average construction company, or we could probably just apply to all trades, anything that's giving an estimate is a, has a 6% slippage, why wouldn't you on the front end just automatically add 6%? Just Let's just cover that. Then you're not going to be competitive because somebody like me who does know their numbers and manages them tightly is going to eat your lunch every time. Exactly. Exactly. So you have this, you, you're, you're between a rock and a hard place. Right. Well, it comes down to doing your homework and being a professional That's and, right. then, and then creating the incentives for your people to reward the behaviors you want. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, a, there's, there's, there's several pieces here and, and I, I know that the, there's a lot of value here, but, right. but we got to keep it moving. <laughs> You're like, keep going. Like. <laughs> it, but in all seriousness, we could have a whole show just, yeah. just on this. Being able to not only break down each project, but but really you're talking about your business. Like how how do these pieces tug and pull on each other? Well, there are no projects for the for the PM and and the the director to even worry about muddling with if the gal up front doesn't answer the phone. That's and right. so it's like they're all tied together. And it's a system of systems. That's right. That's right. Which would you agree confuses people? Even just thinking like a system, a system of systems. What? 
it, it seems complicated. It's overwhelming. Like, oh my, maybe, maybe it'll just be easier, Lane, if I just don't. I'll keep my business small. I won't have to worry about hiring A players. What would you say? I mean, that's average, obviously, and we're neither one of us are like that, but maybe those those thoughts creep in to a listener. What would yeah, you say to and, that guy? And I'll hold up a mirror and and my my portfolio partner, Steve Clearman, will have no problem with me saying this. He's the he's 68 years old. He's the owner of the remodel group in Portland. He came to me saying, you know, for the last 40 years, I was just like, rather than address this problem. I'm going to, you know, stay small and just do what I can control and make enough right. laws. He's right. like, but I'm 68 years old. I got my business valuation. I can't sell the business because it's not worth anything. Because he has no business. He has a job. He has he has a job. Yes. Right. And and so I was like, yeah, Steve, we're looking at about a four-year campaign to get you to the point where this thing's sellable, totally doable, but like it's infinitely easier to do to 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 solve this problem in your 30s and 40s and just That's right. like Take the pain now yeah. because it's going to be 10 times harder when you're 68 years old and you have biology working against you. That's right. I was, I was just at a trade show this past weekend in Connecticut and I was talking to a father son duo yeah. and they're the only ones in the business. They were, you know, obviously a pretty small outfit. And I was talking to him about the son, you know, he's in the business dad still, they're kind of doing it together, but I was asking him about growth and and bringing on team members and like is it always going to be just like like this you and him and and it was just such small thinking and i just i stayed there for a minute not because i enjoyed the conversation necessarily but because i was so provoked to want to like just open up something for them you know and it was so interesting because once i said don't you want something different than what he has cuz he he's giving it to you because there's nothing to sell his body's broken, right? You in 40 years or 20 years or however old that dude was want to be able to have nothing that you can sell that you can only give away to potentially your son. He's like, well, I got two daughters. I'm like, well, you can still do that. But, but my point's even better now. Like what, what is the secession plan? There is none. You're mm -hmm. just going to work until you die. Yeah. And that's why 96% of construction trade businesses go out of business every 10 years. It's because yeah. there is no secession plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you said it earlier. You said basically choose your hard. You're either going to choose hard now and build the system or eventually, and, and maybe not even eventually till you get to your sixties and you can't even sell it. Maybe it's 10 years down the road and you're still in your forties or fifties, but you realize that doing it all by yourself with no team, with no systems, with no investment, then it's just really just a lot. And it gets harder every year. And it gets hard energy to do it. And you just give up. You quit. You quit. Right. What 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 do you do now, Lane? Or what do you teach other business owners that you're in, you know, getting into deals with in order to make good decisions? Something that comes across your desk, you gotta you gotta fo follow a formula of sorts to make a good decision. What is that? Well, I'd be mean, like, what are we dealing with? I mean, my, my framework is is this core business? Love that. If it isn't core, then we don't do it. It's out. If it doesn't it match what we're doing. Then the next thing is it lining up, you know, what's the benefit? What's the cost? Like right. I, I used to play poker at a professional level. And, and so an equation that's always popping off in my head is, is, is likelihood of success times the reward minus likelihood of failure times the cost. And give that to us. Give that to us again. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the likelihood of success times the payoff yeah. minus the likelihood of failure times the cost. Mm. And, and I won't even look at the decision if it's negative. 
Yeah. But but even even if it's positive, then you got to look at you know the juice worth the squeeze in the sense that you know will this kill the goose? Yeah. Yeah. If if it catastrophic failure, like yeah. For me, the the bigger you get, you know that 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 percentage of catastrophic failure that you can accept has to get smaller and smaller and smaller, right? Right. And 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 that is purely just you. Know, the, the the size of the bet, right? Yeah. So if we're betting the farm, I won't accept anything less than like ninety nine percent likelihood, right? Right. Right. But so so that's it's it, yeah it, art science, art art. But yeah, I love that. It, but again, if it's not core business, stop looking at it. Like yeah, you're a business owner. You're not a real estate investor. Like the reason why your business is small is because you keep go finding new opportunities because new opportunities are shiny and exciting, but yeah. you don't bother mastering the fun one that's paying your bills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we might just mic drop it, end it there. No, <laughs> I mean, uh, I feel personally attacked. No, I'm just <laughs> Every, no, no, it's good, man. Every entrepreneur has to work through this. I've, I've, I've done worked through this, although it doesn't mean that it's done. As entrepreneurs, we get excited. We we want to accomplish the next thing, yeah. and uh, often to get to give just a, another level of maybe insight to that place where someone's willing to take, you know, a look. Because I I can remember moments where I was, oh, that's shiny, that's shiny. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do all of them. <laughs> yeah. no. And usually that came from a place where I had already mastered something, or I got bored. And I didn't, and I didn't know how to up the game or the up the challenge in the current thing, or or that current vehicle was no longer viable because there are certain vehicles, certain businesses that only go so far. Chaz, there's only two reasons to change your game: either A, to play a bigger game, that's or right. B, you don't think your current game is going to last ten years, right? Like those are so only good. two reasons because there's such a cost to change. Like you are literally throwing away the time you spent to acquire these skills and you will never get that time back. That's right. So you, 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 I mean, like you've got to be almost like, I, I, my favorite word is no. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's so true. It's so true. Just, just to give the listeners just a little bit of personal history here, because obviously I, I just with inedible arrangements, that was my first business. I had seven locations, three States, 65 employees in my twenties. And, and, like you said, the only reason I, I I moved on, I still have a few of them, but the only reason I moved on is because that was I, I turned that into basically a portfolio, and then I was ready for the next vehicle, the upgrade. And it doesn't mean that that was a bad business; it just means that the the levels of achievement that I wanted to go to, I knew I needed to go into a different vehicle. But wow, the reality of what Lane Lane just said is, I had to take time, and I'm still technically in the process of that of taking the skill sets here, and I have a lot of value, but Sure. It's zero again. And building these things up over in different arenas now makes a lot of sense. Even this podcast in itself, we started 14 months ago. We've recorded now over 300 shows, but 14 months ago, nobody had ever heard of Gathering the Kings. You know? <laughs> oh, I know. I, you're, you're kicking so much ass. I love it. Like, in, in, as it as was zero. From like, I, I put you up there with like Tom Billio, like in terms wow. of interviewing. Wow. Uh, I appreciate yeah, that. Like, keep it up. I'm a fan. Yeah, <laughs> those are those are those are good things. I, I want the listener to take away the reality of what you just said because we've heard the Alex Hermoses and the, and the other entrepreneurs of the world say stay focused, and we know this. I'm 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 right there with you. I guess inside of that, it's the work 
that really that you have to like as you change you gave a really good picture there so it's almost like the fear before we jumped on we were talking about do you love to win do you hate to lose and you're a hate to lose i'm a love to win type of guy but but the reality is is you said people have to run from their fear that's the motivation is the fear and so i'm trying to put the fear in the listener right now of don't change just for the sake of change obviously if you need to change the vehicle or it's not going to be around for the next 10 years like you said those are good reasons but there's a lot of work that goes into the change, man. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're signing up for a five-year apprenticeship before you can start making money again. Yeah, as as you should, right? Like you, you have to become a master at something. You already know this because you're listening or you and me have already created certain, you know, incredible things. Yeah, like if any new thing, it's going to take time. And you, now you have a poise factor that comes in. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> here we go. You can remove all that if you stay in stay in the lane and become better and better and better yep. and better and better. Yep. And and Chaz, Ken and I, we to answer your question directly, we we actually have a, a rigid process for how we opportunity. Love it. And, and you you gotta you gotta separate out into time frames, right? So you you got your annual goal, annual strategic goals. Yep. And 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 I don't mean smart goals, I mean what are we doing? Why are we doing it? How are we doing it? When does it have to be done? Yeah. Right. And, and it's the rule of three, like okay. the army, I feel like every generate, every 30 years or so, the army does a psychological study to see how many complex processes you as a human being can control. Right. Degrades. And the answer yep. is always the same. And it pisses yeah. me off. They keep spending money on this three to five. Okay. Yeah. And five let's, would be a lot. Let's all assume that we're all knuckle dragging idiots here and we can only That's handle right. three. So three strategic objectives, anything more than that, it, like it, if it isn't your top three, it goes on to the good idea fairy list to wait until uh, until one of those objectives is accomplished. And then you can yeah. pull it in. And then on, on a quarterly basis, what are your three things you are doing as a company that nest into your three annual objectives? That's right. Period. And then on a monthly basis, all your team members, they have three critical tasks that relate to their job description, but are not in their job description to support the strategic goals of the company. Yeah. Period. No more than three. I anything left over goes on to the good ideas fairy list. Yeah. And then it's like every every week we look if, if a new opportunity arises, which to me a problem is the same as opportunity. But yeah, a new opportunity shows up, a problem you know, that goes on to the the issues list, right? That we review every week, and then we decide. Does this have to be action immediately? Is this an existential threat to our quarterly and annual objectives? If the answer is no, then it can wait four weeks. And, and if it can wait, then it goes, it becomes a tasking, a four-week tasking. Yeah. And if it can wait more than four weeks, then it can wait a whole quarter and we'll, we'll, we'll look at at our quarterly planning meeting. That's right. And, and, and the number one rule is if it's not core business, it's not even allowed on the tracker, period. Yeah. yeah. You just downloaded yeah, just the absolute recipe for business discipline. It just, it, it, nobody has discipline. I don't want to say nobody because that's obviously a blanket statement, but the majority don't. It's so hard. But when you just do it exactly like you just said. So if you're listening right now, my suggestion would you hit the pause button, hit the <laughs> rewind button, grab that pen and paper and, and literally word for word write down what Lane just said. Lane, I want to go to a KPI question. Sure. And it's this. If you could track one thing, Mm. For in, for in, for all eternity inside this business of yours, what would it be? The one Fresh thing. Profit. Okay, 
And you get you you alluded to this earlier, but give us just a little bit like why is that your boom answer? Yeah, so gross profit is what you get to keep after you do your service for for you whatever your thing is that you provide your widget your service. Okay, based off of gross if gross profit is trending up, then that tells me either sales is increasing, cool, or our pricing power is increasing even better, or yeah. our cost our our direct costs are going down, also a good thing. Like those are the three things that should keep you up at night as a business owner. You know, like sales, direct costs, profit margin, like, like you know, pricing power, period, right? Yep. Because without gross profit, you have nothing to invest in the company. Right. You don't get like, you, period, right? Yep. So, so like your empire is built off of gross profit. End of story, drop my period, like. Yep. Yeah, because, and for the, for maybe the listener that doesn't understand, there's obviously still things that come out of that, but but all of those things can be manipulated. It's not, it's not needed to do the service. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways we can manipulate gross profit. I mean, we can sell more, we can increase our pricing, we can lower our cost structure. Right. Uh, I mean, we can, you know, we can give the appearance. I mean, we can speed up accounts payable, or I'm sorry, accounts receivable. We can delay accounts accounts payable, which right, those right. two are are bean counter gimmicks that like. Yeah, that's just a number on a screen. Tricks. That, that yeah, gross profit. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. What Lane? What book or or business resource would you recommend for somebody listening right now who wants to grow? Ready, fire, aim. Good takeaway. Get what's your takeaway from that book? Yeah, you know, stop overthinking it. Set your objective. Move violently at it. Violently, love yeah. it. Constantly, like, look. I, I learned this in combat. I didn't learn this in the book, but this is a little nuance. If you understand what I'm about to explain, the book will make all the sense in the world. But like, to be successful in combat, I'm not paying attention to what the enemy wants to do. I'm paying attention to how the enemy is reacting to my moves on the board. Right, because that tells me what he's trying to protect. What you know, where you, know, you understand what I'm getting at? Yep. And so yep. you can go into a plan not even knowing what you want to do, other than just right. destroying the enemy. And as long as you're iterating faster of, of identifying what the enemy is trying to do, look at what tools you have at your disposal to ruin their day, execute, evaluate results, and you're constantly going through that loop. If you can book right. that loop faster than in the marketplace, you win. So yeah. ready, fire, aim. Like just as long as we understand like the end state we're moving towards, That's right. and every step is generally in that direction. Yeah. Great success. Yeah. It's good. There's 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 plenty of other detail that come around along later to make it make it all work. Yeah. Yeah. You it's too much hesitation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what do you what do you this is gonna be an interesting question for you, just because obviously I know that you value this, but you do it in a maybe a specific way with buying companies or, or buying in. What do you think about intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? Oh, man. Uh, I always want to have a, a group behind me to teach because that speeds up my own mastery. Oh, and, sure. And I want to have a group in front of me. Like, I want to be the smallest, stupidest person in the room. Right. In right. that group. And some people may say you want a group of, of like-minded peers for me, unless we're we're equity partners and venture together, I like this is gonna sound harsh, but I don't really care about your opinion. <laughs> sure, yeah, like it, it's gonna distract me from my mission. So, guys, yeah, a group, look, a group behind me, a group in front of me, you know, one or two partners, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I think that you're right when it comes to not. I mean, 
I guess there's a distinction there between like-mindedness and and uh, being able to receive, right? right? And actually, this is actually a really good point. I'm going to take the opportunity to explain this because yeah. there's been a there's been a, I mean, there's a lot of groups that you can be part of. I created Gathering the Kings because inside of Thinking Grow Rich, it talks about the definition of a mastermind, and it's not necessarily advice or coaching or answers. Although sometimes those things come from it, it's it's an sure. agitation of your experience and your think and your just energy to mine. We're even doing it right now where we're just going back and forth and there's this agitation. And because of the agitation, maybe a new idea or a new, a new, you know, thought of sorts. That is what the mastermind is supposed to be. And so it fits your definition actually quite, quite right, where maybe you don't have somebody, you know, further along than you that's pouring in. I still value that like you do. And maybe it's not necessarily someone who's further behind that you're pouring in. I still value that just like you. But there's this ability to just put like minds in the same room and where it's not necessarily like you need answers from me because like you said, you really don't care anyway, (laughs) which is fine. Look, I don't really care either. But here's what I do care about is winning. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But but I'll tell you this, if you and me get into a room, especially if we do kind of a, a, a round of fun experience, we go to a you know, yeah. a beach somewhere near in Puerto Rico or go on a, on a fishing trip. Like we're going to spend time together agitating our sure. thoughts and we're both going to walk away going, you know what? That, that one thing that he said, that was really good. I'm going to, I'm not going to do it like he said, but it spurred another thought of my own that I can go own and then implement. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want anybody to sit, think I'm, 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 I'm masterminds. I'm not. No, 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 no. There's, there's a piece of nuance to that. And that is like, I have a, an informal advisory board because for me, it's like, I'm at a point in life where I have a no new friends policy. Like if we're not making money together, I don't have time. I just yeah. Don't. Well, you just said it, since they're making money with you, it matters. Right. Their opinion matters. matters. Right. Yeah. That way I can trust your advice because what you tell me is going to directly affect your own pocketbook. That's right. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe that's the ultimate mastermind that we can, that we can build, but you're, you're a hundred percent right. <clears throat> when, when I, when my money's in it, typically my actions change a little bit. So they, they do money. It has a clarifying factor. It does. It does. Lane, I got one last question here for you, brother. You ready? Yeah. If you had the opportunity to whisper in the younger Lane's ear, oh, what would you say? <laughs> yeah. You know, like go ahead and quit the venture capital firm and go get a job as a project manager and learn the business before you execute on your crazy idea. Because now like where I'm now, you know, six years ago was where I wanted to be five years ago. Right. But I sure, took sure. five years to recover from, from, you know, from, from the hubris. So yeah. Yeah. what it really comes down to is, yeah, I'm sorry to, to that person. Number one, that was directly what I would tell them. And Number two, it's a business needs three legs, needs the product guy, needs the marketer, and it needs the operator. And unless you understand the business, you can't be the product guy. So if you don't, and you need to go hire that guy, if you, yep. you're not going to take the time to become the product guy, right? right. The same yep. thing with the marketer and with the operator, it's, you know, operators are easy to come by. It's like anybody with an MBA can operate a company, like they understand the basics of it. But, and, and you don't really need an operator during startup phase. It's just after right. you hit, you've hit product market fit and you're, yep. you're, you turn profitable. That's when you need that operator to scale. So, yep. so that's, I guess that's what I would tell my three, my, myself is like, Hey, you're not a product guy. Yes. You're smart. Stop being arrogant. Dead. Like 
Go find Ken Combs and partner with him before you yep. go through this thing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, and you, in hindsight, obviously, that's the whole point of the question. Yeah. But you, you can now see what the value of the relationship between you and Ken or other partnerships that you've done or even seen in other people. Major value there, but <clears throat> it's tough to know when you're oh, young man. and bullheaded, right? Oh, it would probably take a shot in the nuts first and just get 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 that dude's attention. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that you're probably spot on with that. It's not it's not a whisper in the ears, like you oh, said. It's shot. it's a yeah, yeah. Well, you <laughs> you already alluded to the to the, uh, the hubris, but I, we all have it. I mean, like goodness gracious. I mean, that's why we that's why we think we can do what we can think we can do anyway. It's like. Right. There's a, there's got to be a little bit of arrogance and 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 naiveness there to to even just take the risk to begin with. So that's right. the very thing that that we're trying to change is the very thing that got us where we are. Kind of, you know, double edged sword. So Lane, okay, first off, how can how can the listener find you if they are a remodeling company and they want some coaching, consulting, free or paid? I know you're putting together some groups coming up, or maybe they're just a business owner and they want to pick your brain. Maybe they want to come to Puerto Rico, hang out with you. How can they find you? Just go to go to facebook.com and, and look for the group High Profit Remodeler Business Secrets. There you go. Uh, it, it's not your typical Facebook group, but they're, you know, where all they do is agitate the problem. And the only way you're going to solve that problem is by giving them 16 grand. I'm just going to give you the, the strategic and tactical implementation yeah. that we use inside CQC. Yeah. Because again, information's free, implementation costs money. Exactly. Well, and I can attest, obviously, like I already said on, on the air, I've, I've screenshotted several things you've yeah. sent out in that group and sent it to my team at multiple teams, not even, not even the remodeling team. And, uh, and even our messaging going back and forth, you, you're a wealth of information. You freely give it. I look forward to doing deals and business with you in the future. Oh, Cause it sounds like that's the only way I can be your friend. No, <laughs> stop. <laughs> hey, that's all right. Money talks, money talks, baby. <laughs> All good. It's all good. Hey, there's no offense here. If anything, <laughs> if anything, it leveled up the listener because it definitely leveled up the conversation between us. And so I'm excited for that, which look, any, any big player, when I, when I built a sales team for Grant Cardone, he would say, look, man, I'll be your friend, but why don't you buy one of my products? My, you, you're trying to be my friend and not buy my product. Look, yeah. the quickest way to get real, even, even though it comes across potentially as not, not real at the beginning because you're paying the quickest way to find high quality actual friendships is to purchase your way into a room yeah. of those people because you have now stated to the room that you hold a certain level of value of yourself Absolutely. to be able to pay to get into the same room with them. And then the real conversation and relationship can begin. That's right. That's right. You shouldn't be ashamed of the money. The money is what separates the player from the bystander. Yeah, exactly. Well, I look forward to paying for your friendship. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, for, for for the record, like how how can I get involved inside this this mastermind of yours? Like, exactly, exactly. I've I've seen a number of of, of construction related guys in there. Yeah, yep. exactly. So there's like, there's guys that need you, and 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 of course we can we can maybe add some value. But in all seriousness, yeah. go to Facebook, find Lane, find his group. There's plenty of value there. If you haven't gotten enough value already, you probably need to go back and listen to this one again. If you're if you're at this point in the podcast, holy geez, just just hit it, hit the replay. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guarantee you get something different. So Lane, we wish you nothing but success, blessing on all of your businesses and money dealings and partnerships. Thanks for being here, brother. All right, man. Appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight, and nine-figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.